2: USC wins, they're in, we got our four, and if they lose, which Ohio State fans will be hoping for, would open up the possibility of Ohio State, even though it's hard to imagine, after the way Ohio State played last weekend, especially in that second half, that they would still be in a position, but there's really nobody else that could go by them right now this particular year, so even though they're frustrated and disappointed with the way they played, they still, I guess, mathematically have a shot if SC goes down on Friday night. Hey, welcome into a What's Your Beef Wednesday edition of the
1: Morning Rush, and I want to start with the college football playoff. I really miss the BCS. Not so much the two teams where we've had situation in years past where you felt like hey, this team should have played this team in the national championship. But I do miss the formula rather than the college football playoff committee deciding things. Now, we had a great conversation with Bill Hancock at SEC Media Days. He has a connection, actually, with Clay Henry, and I really enjoyed his company and his conversation. Just not necessarily a fan of the college football playoff committee itself. I miss the BCS, the formula that had the Harris poll, the coaches poll, the computer rankings, a lot of different variables that went into it than, what, eight committee members, nine committee members, however they have? Is it 12? Whatever the case may be. Not a fan of it, and that's where I'll start my beef this Wednesday.
6: Hey, we're brought to you by The Fence Man, the company you should trust any time you need a fencing project complete, whether it's a new gate for an existing fence or you need an entire new fence or maybe the fence you have now is about to fall down. I got a neighbor whose fence is about to fall down. They need the help of the fence man. 782-3936. If you need fencing repairs or maybe you just need someone to help you design and come up with a whole new project or maybe you got a great idea in mind. You just need someone great to complete it. That's our buddy at the fence man. 782-3936. That's 782-3936 the fence man. He ain't afraid of no work. So you mentioned all the variables. What what is it? Because I tend to agree with you, but I want to hear your rationale, your reasoning, what goes behind why
1: you like the BCS setup more. It's just a power money grab. It's just guys, for the most part. And there's a gal or two I know, Condoleezza Rice, and someone else has been on that committee. But it's most part, it's a bunch of powerfully un, powerful men that want the control of this. That's all it's about. I mean, if they uh, if not, they would have just kept it as, and they would have had four teams, and then they would have just used that same formula. But these guys wanted to have a say-so. These guys wanted to dictate how college football was going to happen, and now we have it. Now, if you remember, back in the 90s, they had the UPI and the AP poll, and I think it was two straight years where they would just announce the college football or college champion, and back-to-back years, they basically did the Alabama-Arkansas thing mm-hmm. in 64, where one pole had this, one pole had that. And, and you so had
6: Auburn that, go undefeated and get left out of DCS. That was in DCS.
1: 04 when yeah. USC trounced Oklahoma, and oh. I think Auburn would have given them a much better battle. All so, of that's
6: led to where we're at now with cor- at least a
1: four-team playoff. Correct. So that would be my response yes. to that question.
6: Um, how many times do you think the committee's gotten it wrong, blatantly wrong, where the, where the wrong two teams didn't have a shot at the national title and one of the best – Four teams in the country was left outside.
1: I just think their logic, they they switch up their logic every year. Just listen to them. I mean, what's this guy's name? Borgen? Uh, Whatever is yeah. the college football player. If it's the NC State AD, I think is who it is. They change up their logic every year, Tommy. There's no set formula. And it's that's why it's frustrating for fans. Here, when here's when,
6: here's why. Here's what I was driving at. Here's the answer I was looking for. The reason I think the BCS is superior, and I agree with you, but my rationale, logic, and reasoning is, is different, or maybe I'm just gonna say it a different way. You've got more bias with twelve people than you do with 124 voters and points over here. You got sixty-four voters in the AP poll, you got eight different computer models that yeah. they took a composite of. One person's opinion in the old BCS model doesn't spoil the whole pot. Exactly. It eliminates right. individual bias. Now, if 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 collectively you've got sixty four people all with bias well, is that bias any longer, or that's just what the that's what the voters Instant, say? Yeah, I mean that's no longer bias. That's the majority opinion. So the problem is, you get one or two or three people in a committee room where they're face to face, looking at each other, discussing. The dominant personalities will win the day. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think there's really an example we can point to that says, "Boy, the committee was way off here. They favored this team, this conference, their buddy over here, and got their team in." I think at the end of the day, the committee has still done good work, gotten the right teams. I don't remember a lot of discussion where, man, one of the best two or three teams in the country was completely left out and had to go play as the five seed in the poll and go play in in a New Year's Day six. So while I agree with you that the reason the, the committee's there is because they wanted to have a powerful few rather than an anonymous, you know, plurality of vote or that's that's the wrong phrasing but 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 essentially a uh, a wider panel a bigger panel uh i agree with you they wanted to have it like like march madness mm-hmm. where a smaller uh hand selected group by each conference because that's pretty much you've got representation from all the all the conferences have the final say.
1: Yeah, and I think that point is also valid for those that have voted in the process. I mean, you think about how our old, our own elections are held. You have, it's weighted by how many people are in your population in the House of Representatives and the Senate, which is just two people per state. So they kind of have the counterbalance to both of those. I see this in a situation. I, I've told you this, and I told you this off air. I could legitimately see a scenario, even though nothing has changed, and neither team has played that they put Alabama above Ohio State. If USC was to lose on Friday night, I'm who, telling you, who do they, you
6: think would win if those two played Saturday? Ohio State and Alabama,
1: neutral site, probably Alabama. I think Alabama will beat Georgia if they play them. I, yeah, I've that, said that I've said that for weeks, and people and we we're not going to see it. Yeah, I don't think. Know. but I've said for weeks Georgia that they don't mind seeing a lot of teams. They do not want to line up against Nick. Kirby has one win against Nick. One in what, five tries? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they do not want to see the Crimson Tide on the other side. Now, again, they're probably going to see USC or Ohio State or TCU. But if somehow, some way, if like the 5% chance or the 2% chance, whatever it is, that Alabama is shoved in that four spot, I don't think they're going to well, lose to Georgia. To
6: get them there, I guess the question is, does the order change? Because what you're suggesting and, and what I think is the, the – the most interesting thing in the discussion is somehow with nothing, with no activity, no play, no nothing. Alabama can leapfrog Ohio State who didn't play as well. They're 5 and 6, right? So I, that that's the question, could the committee change the order for teams that don't play? And if so, what how would you what would be your rationale? What would be your reasoning on that?
1: I don't have one. That's, what, well, that's I mean, what I'm saying there's no criteria that they, they abide well, they, by. It. The
6: only thing that could happen then, and this would be, like you said, a minimal chance USC and TCU both lose this weekend. Now, we've seen crazy things happen, but both of those happen. USC is more likely to lose than TCU would be my guess. See,
1: I think, my that, guess. and I told you this also before the show, I think it's going to be decided on Friday night who we're going to see. If USC was to win then we know the four. I think even if TCU loses on set. Now, if T, the only scenario I see that not be the case, if TCU gets blown out in ATT Stadium by K-State, then I could see them trying to shove Ohio State in. But outside of that, if TCU is close or they win, of course, I don't hey, think they're, hey. if they lose close, I don't think they're kicking TCU out. I think they'll put them at four. This is history, not
6: prophecy, but about 20 years ago in Kansas City, Kansas State took down a very good Oklahoma team. And kept them out of the old VCS and spoiled their party for a national title. So we've, we've seen that before. Who was that running back then? I didn't go back and look it well, up. Well, you know what year All it was? It o. it's either 01 or 02, but the game was in Kansas City. It was uh, probably 02. 02 or somewhere right, right in there. Big 12 championship game at Kansas City. Kansas State spoiled Oklahoma's party that day. So,
1: Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing and even golf head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100 welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use the promo code believe to receive your rewards that's b-l-e-a-v bet online where the game starts
2: you're listening to the bud light morning rush podcast bud light proud sponsor of arkansas athletics
4: chuck good morning Good morning, guys. Ty, I want to know: Did you wave the flag, run around the yard, do the whole thing Absolutely. yesterday with the USA beater on?
1: Yeah, I told Chuck, hey, we're gonna have to put off recording the podcast for a little bit because I got to watch my my boys beat. Iran, as I learned from that Iranian journalist, and Iran, it was, fa- it, was Iran, fa- it was fantastic. Yeah. Oh my
6: gosh! Yeah, I, I was... mean, I had to take a call because of it. Chuck calls me and says, "Are you serious? I'm I'm being delayed. I mean, put back over soccer." Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, hey. That's and exactly waiting, right. Uh, uh, I, was, I thought Chuck loved hey. America. I'm sorry. I will. <laughs> I, I, will I will say this.
4: America. I will say this. I watched both halves, or however they do. I watched from one to three. Is yeah. the bottom line, and. Um, Not entirely certain what I was watching the entire time. I don't know all the rules, but I know that when you kick it in the net, it's great. And We did that one time, and they didn't. And, um, boy, those guys run around a lot. I'll give them that. Yeah. They are in. No, it was fun to watch. In all seriousness, it was fun to watch. And I know there are people that love soccer. And um, it was a great day. I don't want to go too far down this
6: rabbit hole, but, but follow me if you're just. Like, I know you don't. Soccer, <laughs> like you said, soccer is one to three. That you just you just brought a thought I was having up over the weekend. You know, soccer fits in this two-hour box, and they know, they know it. Could you ever see a day where football, American football, they put the the, the timing of the game? Because that that's really the challenge. That, that these TV networks have. They like to figure out how to get a fourth game in the day in where you just put the football game, and then if you need to have stoppage time because of penalties or the game's in doubt, well, we'll play a little extra if we need to. I, I just think it's interesting how soccer does it, and you know exactly how long you need to carve out to watch the game. Well, in about every other sport we play in this country, you can't say that.
4: I think it's interesting how Well, football games, I mean, football games sure aren't going to be two hours. Basketball but, games used to be. But you can and every once a- in a while, you'll – Every once in a while, you'll catch one, but I mean, I guess, I don't watch a lot of soccer, yeah. but it certainly fit into that window yesterday.
6: Yeah. I just think it's interesting how they do that, and you could say, all right, football, we're going to play, uh, we're going to make it a three-hour game. We're make it a three-hour contest, yeah. and then if we need to play more, if the game's still in doubt, we'll put some stoppage time in here for penalties and all the times they went to replay and all <laughs> all these other things, we'll play a
4: little bit more of the game's in doubt. So I do Well, I- here's the deal. We're talking about soccer and four years from now we'll do it again. Yeah. yeah that's
1: about right. It's in it's in North America. You know, World Cup will be here. Yeah. But we'll probably wait on this. All right. Quick tie on the bow. Let's hear Captain America's goal from yesterday.
6: Justin McKay, Jess making a big run. It's been for him. Jess is snuck in behind. Jess in the middle, pull it out!
1: All right, last thing on this. I know that soccer players are perceived to be little you-know-whats, and a lot of times they are, but if you watch that play, Christian got kicked in the you-know-where, and he's still put it in the back of the net. Yeah. So that's... Who was
6: wow. the announcer that used to say goal and stretched it all out? Probably yeah. Ian, Ian Dark. I remember... You, you, oh, you, yeah, you, yeah. You would remember this, Chuck, when Paul,
4: the late Paul Eels, did did that on a touchdown yeah. one time to pay yeah. tribute. I remember that on yeah. a Arkansas game. yeah. All I know is yesterday, I will confess I missed the goal. Because oh. I was. Well, seniors, see, I mean, I've watched for an hour and there's nothing going on. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go to lunch. I thought, I'm going to go to lunch. I'm going to have a little lunch. I'm going to come back. It's still going to be 0 0. It's like watching a soap opera. You, you know, you miss for a month and you come back and you pick up right where you left yeah. off. That's what I thought was going to happen. So I actually went into the other room to grab some shoes. And during that time. The USA scored their goal, so I saw it on replay, but I didn't enjoy the full full effect. What'd you have for lunch? Sandwich, soup. I skipped it. I mean, I walked back in the room, and they, uh, you know, walked back in the room, and they'd scored a goal, so I had to sit down and watch nothing for the next hour until it ended.
1: Man, <laughs> then well, I
4: went and got something.
1: It can be boring at times. I'll, no, I'll I'm just.
4: The- I'm kidding. It I'm was like, a, it's like hockey. It was day. a great I, day. It if, was a if great they would, day.
6: If they would like put out a, uh, you know, we used to get those Cliff Notes versions of something and we had to write a book reporter. You know, you get uh, something for dummies, you know. Sports yep. Talk Radio for
4: Dummies book. Yeah. Well, we, we need sound need soccer like for Neanderthals dummies. right now. Right. I, I mean, will admit well, that.
6: But I think most of our audience is right there with me and you, Chuck. They don't understand all of it. It's like well, watching hockey. I, I don't right.
1: understand it all. We need we yeah. we need we need soccer for dummies. I, I think it's the equivalent. I know a lot of people, if they see a Razorback emblem on someone's chest, guy or gal, they're going to cheer for it. I think the same can be said about the red, white, and blue. I'll cheer well, for the United States. I agree, States with, that. Yeah, I agree right. with that. I agree with
4: that. A a week. Oh, lots lot of, of week. I mean, I'm sure the numbers were huge. For a weekday afternoon, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock Eastern, I'm sure the numbers were huge yesterday. Um, but I do think a lot of people probably watched it just pulling for the USA. Yeah.
1: I've got um, a longstanding tradition of watching college game day when I get up on Saturday, but with the U.S. playing the Netherlands in the knockout stage, I'll probably have a TV on both, but more of my attention uh, will be played to that, paid to that. Let's talk to J.R. this morning. Jr., go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush. You don't have to talk soccer. You can talk whatever.
3: Yeah. I don't have enough time in my schedule to be involved in soccer right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey. Um, I got a quick question for you. The, looking back on the, the season, uh, obviously the coaching staff up there felt that we were better off with KJ on the field at 50 or 60%, uh, you know, taking snaps in the games. I just wonder what, what are we going to do to address this player development, you know, as far as these key positions go with quarterback, uh, being the main one because <clears throat> What happened this year? You know those games. You know where he was injured. You know, and of course, we don't know all the ins and outs of how all that works. But you know, obviously, in the Liberty game, he wasn't a hundred percent. And as far as we know, in Missouri, I mean, he didn't—he didn't look like he had his swagger in that game. You know, we don't know. I mean, I mean, you can hear all kinds of stuff. So I'm just wondering with all the the funding. is it it going to be something that they're going to add a coaching position to for quarterback development? Because if you put all your eggs in your basket with one guy like that and you still feel better with him on the field at 50% to win the game, then in my mind, you know, you're not planning for a backup plan. So uh, I just thought I'd throw that out there, get your guys' opinion.
4: Well, they do have a quarterback coach. I mean, Kendall's a quarterback coach. And uh, not just the offensive coordinator; he coaches the quarterbacks. I will tell you, I think KJ's developed tenfold since he first walked on campus in terms of being a uh, in terms of being a guy that you can throw out there and um, do what you want to do offensively. Not uh, you know we can't do this, we can't do that. I think as KJ's gotten better over the last year or two, particularly, they've been able to expand their playbook and do a lot of things that. You know, maybe they weren't able to do before with the quarterback position. So I think K.J.'s been developed quite well. Um, You know, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that backup spot, whether or not it's going to be somebody that's that's here, whether or not it's somebody they're going to pick up in the portal. I think one of the things you have to remember is that in college football, you only have a certain amount of practice time during the week. And if you are getting ready to take on an opponent on Saturday, there comes a point where your first-team quarterback's got to get the overwhelming majority of your reps because he's the guy that you're going to sink or swim with on Saturday. Um, your backup's going to get some. I'm not suggesting he just sits there and watches. But when you get into a game week, all your focus has got to be on that that starter. Um, I suspect that you know we're going to see a, a shuffle in that position behind K.J., um, I'm assuming that, you know, they're either going to go with one of the guys they've got as a backup, or they're going to go find one.
6: Yeah. You know, you think um, about you think about the bowl game, and if KJ isn't available to go, or they don't want to risk further injury to setting back, or whatever the situation may be. I mean, you're you're Cade Fortin, right? And then and then what? You're Cade Fortin. You're right. And then, and, and then who? Would well, have, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it, I don't know yeah, just, I don't
4: know the third-string quarterback on any SEC team. Right. And I fill out the spotting boards every well, week. That, so I don't know who your, the third-string quarterback is. Well, I mean, to Malik back in well, the Well, I mean, you, the you the can't year go year year sign four. a free agent. Right, that's you what can't what I'm go saying. sign a free agent. Riker, so, I mean, you are where you are. I mean, you yeah. are where you are. Malik's left, and so you've got among the quarterbacks who've played, it's K.J. and it's Cade Fortin. And, you know, after that, it's kind of like, you know any other game? I mean, you uh, you scramble around and you do the best you can. But uh, you know, I don't. I don't. Um, I just make the point. Frankly, because- I think there's more pressing issues than who's the third string quarterback at the bowl game going to be. No, no, I just make the point to let to to you know how dire the 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 depth is how Well, you're in a is. personnel situation there. No doubt about it. You certainly don't want to have to get to your third quarterback in that bowl game, yeah. that's for sure.
1: Do you think that's something that Kendall and Sam are contemplating if KJ wants to play but they want to withhold him from that just oh, because of the Why would they withhold him? Well, that's I mean, that's, a
4: withhold you, him? that's a question you that's a
1: question you pose. I don't think I think after this game I didn't pose it. No, no, no I'm I'm I did. It, at it, Tommy, my, my point is he, he spent the whole year
6: beat
4: up, banged up Oh you know I don't know that they're gonna not play KJ. Yeah, I don't either. I'm I mean, just saying I would I would be very surprised by that. I'm just saying if it got to
6: that point, if KJ
4: wasn't able to go, that's all I'm saying is is No, I understand. Uh, um but I, I, I think that I would expect KJ to play. Here's the I'll put it that way.
1: here's the position I'm taking on development. Since two thousand nineteen, it's unquestionable that KJ has gotten better. But I think the gap that we were hoping for from 2021 to 2022 was not as wide. You look at and maybe this is a thought process that I had that he was going to have that Hinden hooker jump that Hinden had this year in Knoxville K.J. didn't have that K.J. still is inaccurate at times with those mid-tier those intermediate throws and not to say that he still doesn't have that that really solid deep ball or he's incredible running the football I just think there's some areas that you thought he was going to take that next step in that he didn't necessarily
4: do that well I think though that's an expectation that each individual develops without having Seeing what goes on every day, and I'm not knocking that that that, that thought because I think you know people jump to their own thoughts on what they think about a player, what they expect him to do that year. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think KJ by any stretch of the imagination regressed. I think you know maybe people did expect him to be an All American. I don't know, but I think that's an unrealistic expectation. Just to be very candid about it, I, I don't I don't think he was ever going to be that. But um, You know, I think if you are around it every day, I think you see the development in him. Um, And, you know, sometimes, you know, development's not, well, gosh, last week he was this, and this week all of a sudden he's just, you know, he's an All-American. It doesn't happen like that. K.J.'s progress has been steady since he's been here in terms of his development. I say that without any hesitation whatsoever. But there's no question that You know, the backup area is something that's got to be addressed. And whether or not you, uh, you know, whether you hit the transfer portal, whether you, uh, you know, whether you do it through a high school kid, I don't know. But I'm sure that that is something that is on their minds in terms of, I mean, we got to, you know, we got to be a little bit better there. Look, Malik Hornsby is a terrific kid, fast kid, great runner. Um but he he's not going to be a starting quarterback in the SEC. And and I think as we saw, frankly, you know, as you've been talking, Ty, I mean, you got to get better at that spot. So there's no doubt you've got to upgrade. But honestly, I think there are many, many, many more important upgrades than the backup quarterback.
1: I think another kind of layer to this conversation is that I don't think KJ ever thought he was going to be pushed by Malik. I truly don't. I think if you ask Ryan Mallett, back in the day or even now, hey, how much did Tyler just kind of sitting there as a quality backup quarterback push you each and every day in practice? Tyler's told us he thought he was better than Ryan. He thought he was going to start in 2009. No, he didn't. Ryan did in 2009 and 2010. But I think that you have to have someone that's not necessarily on the equal and same level but even when Sam was talking to SEC media days and was like, yeah, there's still a quarterback. No, there wasn't. There was not a quarterback battle. Now, he has to say that some Malik just doesn't quit or doesn't try and practice or whatever. But you have to bring someone in that actually pushes KJ. KJ wasn't pushed all offseason, all season. I mean, not. To, I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you that he didn't try or wasn't putting in it, but he's not pushed. Part of development, part of getting to that next level is knowing that there's someone behind me that is not only once as bad as I do, but it's capable of actually taking my position k doesn't hasn't had well, that well how many teams have that though? how
4: many teams have that I, I mean i i hear you i hear you, I hear you, but I think that we i don't think you can correlate you know it's good to have a tackle being pushed every day in practice with a quarterback being pushed every day in practice. I hear you, and I'd love for it to be that way, but i don't know. I can't see many teams out there where the backup quarterback's pushing the starter. I, I mean, most teams, if they're good, they've got an established starting quarterback. If it was that easy, they'd all do it.
6: And that, and all that to me, what, when That's I hear true. you talk, and, and I, like Chuck said, what you're saying is not wrong, but it's you know virtually impossible. No, but nobody can can seem to bottle that up because there's not enough guys out there that can play at the level at that level. I mean, you just look in the NFL. How many really great people that you consider really great quarterbacks in the NFL? I mean, it, it in thirty-two, you know, you know, there's there's maybe ten or twelve in the league. Maybe, you know, it's just the hardest position in sports. And
4: it, at the college level, to have one's hard enough, and I think much less. Well, 30. I think that people operate under the assumption that a really good or slash great quarterback's going to be content to come in and oh yeah, I'll be the backup. I'll be the backup. I got all these other places where I could go start. But, yeah, I'll come be the backup. Um, those guys aren't out there like they used to be. Look at the transfer portal today and look at the number of quarterbacks who are in that portal. I mean, Michigan. Michigan's getting ready to go to the college football playoff. Their backup quarterbacks says, I'm out of here because I'm not going to get to play because they're a great team and they've got an established quarterback. And I hear you on that. You're not wrong. But – it is really, really, really hard to do. And a lot of times to have it happen, you just got to catch lightning in a bottle. Guys, I want to talk about the real estate game for just a second. It seems to change every day. I mean, I read articles, and I'm sure you guys do too, about the housing market. Some people say it's never going to change, and some people say it's going to change next week. What I do know is that when... You are involved in a real estate transaction. What you want is someone who can answer those questions and someone who understands the market. And that's what you're going to find at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin company. I can tell you about my experience. I partnered with them to buy. I partnered with them to sell. And both times it worked out great. You know, I'm not an expert in the real estate game. So what I wanted was to get from the contract to the close. I wanted to get into the house one time, and I wanted to get my money the other time. And they made that process a lot simpler than I thought it was going to be, quite frankly. I think that'll be your experience, too. They've got an office in Fayetteville. There's another one in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, has got an office in Fort Smith. They recently opened one in Branson, Missouri. You're gonna see their yellow signs, and you can log on to Wikertgriffin.com.
1: Ethan from Center Ridge Text in was gonna reference the point that I was gonna make, and I don't know how Hypel's been able to do this, but Joe Milton, the transfer from Michigan, kinda of like McCarthy you just referenced, has looked like a pretty capable backup quarterback in Knoxville. And there's still a gap between him Well, they him played and
4: Vanderbilt. And I mean, they played Vanderbilt. But
1: if you've seen him at points this season.
4: No, he- I understand he's good. Ty, there's an exception to every rule. Yeah, You can I- always point out an exception. There's always somebody out there. Oh, well, they're doing it. How come we can't? But the overwhelming majority of teams out there, you know, we're sitting here, guys, we had a porous defense. We had an offense that struggled as the season went on. There's more pressing issues than the backup quarterback, guys. I mean, there's just more pressing issues than that. But everybody wants to talk about the quarterback. <laughs> that's well, the we've spent an inordinate amount of yeah, time yeah, this yeah. year talking about the backup quarterback. Lots of places do it. But w- we got bigger issues than that. So what's the biggest? Is it still the secondary? I mean, Carr? Well, is- we, well, yeah, it's the same as it was yesterday. I mean, nothing's changed from yesterday to today. I mean, and that's, that's, that's why they're doing – what they're doing i mean more guys are entering the portal every day not just here but everywhere else um i would suspect that conversations are already being held not just here but all over america with some of these guys who have announced that they're going to put their names in the portal i suspect that some schools have been right in the middle of some rosters since about the middle of the season if you want to know the truth um but you know i think that um my personal opinion, if you look at one area as a whole where you say, boy, you need to really do some work in the portal, uh, I, I still say the secondary. But it's not the only area. Um, I think people try to pinpoint a certain spot. And in football, there's a lot of spots. It's not like basketball where you can say, hey, well, you know, we get one or two guys here, you get, a five, you get a McDonald's All-American or two, and bam, you're right back in the national championship hunt. Football's not like that. And um, – there are lots of areas that they've got to address. My personal opinion is the secondary, but somebody else might have a different opinion.
1: Now, the transfer portal opens up next Monday, December 50, and I, I don't it, know It's already
4: open by, by it's default. It's for all
1: intents and purposes, yeah, it's, it's default. open. Yeah. Default coaches wise are, are they not allowed to have contact the dead period ends is it friday i remember i, I remember someone saying this i can't remember it's, it's the friday. end of the week okay that's what it's, i thought yeah so yeah, the,
4: yeah it's the end of the week they'll have uh, uh everybody's going to be moving around this weekend okay. i can assure you
1: help me on that they're not supposed to talk to these guys prior i don't to, know
4: all that stuff okay i don't i don't i don't i don't keep up with all the rules on recruiting i know that this weekend it's a free-for-all
1: i know that for Arkansas playing time, I think, is going to be something that's going to be a huge part of at least the secondary thing with Dominique Bowman and then Barry Odom and then Sam Pittman. I do wonder, with Arkansas seemingly, we we know what happened with Jamil Walkers, he was let go. If they're still on the brink of maybe letting someone go, either a coordinator or someone on staff, how much of an impact that could, person could have in bringing those said position group players with them? Because we've seen that happen. We've
4: seen it happen with Lincoln Riley. I don't know if you're going to have time to do that. I mean, you still recruit, in my opinion. You're recruiting still based on the head coach. Um, You know, when you have coaching turnover, I mean, most of the time, you know, publicly you say we're going to find the best coach out there. Privately, you've got a pretty good idea. And a lot of times you give these recruits – um, maybe what your idea is because they want to know your points well made there they certainly do want to know but I, I don't know that you know um, like let's say we get you know close to the first of February and there's still some guy out there that you really want you make a change on the coaching staff and it's like bam that guy comes in well unless he's got a past relationship with that kid you, he's probably not going to change the recruiting curve inside a week or two but If you go out and you hire a coach, and this happens a lot, you know I'm hiring you, and I need you to bring these guys with you. Um, that may happen too. That might be the reason you actually get the job versus the other candidate. Well, there's no doubt. I mean, that's never. Don't hang. There's assistant coaches. There's assistant coaches in every sport. Yeah. Hey man, you're supposed to bring this guy with you. You didn't bring him. You're gone. Or you know, I'm going to hire you, and you're going to bring this guy. and We're going to be good. Sometimes that happens too. Yeah.
6: Some of you. That that's always the bargaining chip uh, that that particularly an available assistant may bring with him, or someone looking to to make a move.
5: First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking first western with locations throughout northwest arkansas and the river valley and online at firstwestern.com exceptional financial services all in one place first western bank member fdic equal housing lender
2: you're listening to the bud light next morning rush podcast bud light next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories
1: Chuck and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. I think it's a good question to ask. If USC falls to Utah again on Friday night, who would you put in the college football playoff? Would you put Ohio State? Would you put Alabama? I've even had some tell me they put Tennessee in based on the fact that they beat Alabama on the field. That is our morning rush daily question.
6: I think you, I mean, how do you move teams around that don't even play? To me, that's the interesting thing here, Chuck. Is you know, Ohio State, Alabama, Tennessee, none of them are playing, and we know the order they're in now at five and six with Ohio State and Bama at five. How would how would Bama leapfrog Ohio State if neither one play if chaos happens if upsets happen, you know, between uh, in any of the top four? We you know we don't think LSU will challenge Georgia after this A uh, and M loss they had, but you know that's not you know. Totally
4: unthinkable that uh, that could happen. Well, based on what we've seen in college football this year, I don't think anything's unthinkable this yeah. weekend. Um, I don't, you know, just just so we're clear, I, I don't think Tennessee and Alabama, however you put them in order, um, I don't think I don't think those teams really have a case unless there's just a you know a crazy weekend. Now, personally, I think Kansas State has a better shot to pull off the upset this weekend than Utah does. I think USC's playing really well right now. Um, I don't know that USC gets beat. Everybody's focusing on that game. I think Kansas State's got a shot against TCU. But, you know, minus a rash of upsets, I don't know how you can put Alabama over Ohio State. I, I just, you know, I'm not knocking Alabama, but, you know, they have two conference losses and they didn't have to play Georgia. They didn't have to play uh, you know they didn't you know used to when teams would play Alabama and it's still this way for a lot of teams in our league us included um you know when you play Alabama you just put the automatic L I mean you know you're going to you know you you you, you got you, you've got to factor that in cuz you're not going to win that game and so Georgia's that way now and Alabama didn't have to play them Georgia would have beaten Alabama in the regular season that would have been three conference losses they'd have been 5 and 3 Tennessee had to play Georgia and Tennessee beat Alabama now again, I don't think either one of them is a is 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 a playoff team. I, I'm just going to be honest. I, I don't I don't think either one of them. I don't think there's any way they can justify leapfrogging Ohio State. And I've watched them this year. But you know, it's going to be an interesting weekend. That's for sure.
1: Do you what camp do you stand on if TCU loses? Do you think they're out, or would you put the? I guess if I give you, I think you they're the, out.
4: Yeah, I think they're out. I think they're out if they lose. If it's I close or either way. Well, if, if it's close, they will have played a close game with a three loss team. If they lose, they will have lost to a three loss team. So I, I just uh, I think if TCU loses, they're out. I think if USC loses, obviously they are out. If both those teams lose, Ohio State's going to get in, and then we're going to have the debate on whether it ought to be Tennessee or Alabama. Um, if Hendon Hooker had not gone down, they might have still given up 63 to South Carolina. But if Hendon Hooker was still playing, I think Tennessee would be much more part of the conversation than they are. I think that their loss to South Carolina, as bad as it was, has a little bit more legitimacy by virtue of the fact that South Carolina beat Clemson. I think that gives a little bit more credence to what Tennessee would have to offer in that situation. But I don't think Tennessee or Alabama should leapfrog Ohio State I I just don't see how that could happen
1: here's my argument for Alabama and I've been against Alabama in years past and I I got to take issue with something you said all I heard from Clay last year how was how Georgia was going to beat Alabama in the SEC championship they didn't the only reason I'm not
4: Clay I I I, I, I
1: know that but you're it's almost a foregone conclusion that you think Georgia would have beaten Alabama we got to remember Kirby's got one win against Nick since he's been a head coach, one and it was last year without their top two wide receivers, Jameson Williams and John Mechie. If they're in, they're not winning that game. We're sitting here having a different conversation about Georgia. That
4: well, being, that's a that's a big stretch. That,
1: that's a big stretch.
4: I, I'm not. And going Alabama to, didn't. have – Well, the point is, if that's your point, Alabama didn't have those
1: guys this year either. I, but here's what I'm saying: they don't want to see Alabama in that four spot. And I, I mean, you heard Cor, Corden, whatever his name, mm. say it. They're there's there's an idea out there that they could have Alabama leapfrog Ohio State. We saw it. There's precedent on this. Back in, well, 2000- I'm not saying
4: it can't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just saying I I don't I don't think it would be justified. Back in
1: 2014, Ohio State, who was not in the Big Ten Championship, leapfrog TCU, who also didn't play because they didn't have the Big Ten 12 Championship back then. It was just the 10 teams or whatever, and no one played. But they just jumped Ohio State in front of TCU. Neither well, team played it. that week in the SEC, or the SEC, excuse me, the Big Ten or Big 12 championship. So there is precedent for this happening. Ohio State just hosted their arch rival, Michigan, who's a quality football team. Here's the key. Without their best player, Blake Coram is their best player far and away. He plays minimal minutes in the first quarter, and they still got dog-whipped in that second half. dog, They got embarrassed at
4: home in By the horseshoe. By a horse great view. team, though. By a great team. But that's the difference. But you're but at tie, home. Ty, 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 Ty. Let me just throw this in. I'm not disagreeing necessarily with what your your entire premise is. But, you know, Ohio State leapfrogging TCU is – I mean, that's a Big Ten champion leapfrogging TCU – I don't think you can take a two-loss SEC team and leapfrog them over they a one-loss Big Ten. Chuck, team. they
1: weren't in the Big Ten championship that year.
4: They, but what I'm, but 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 again, Ohio State jumping TCU is much more believable than Alabama jumping Ohio State because of the the the, the conferences that they play in. Nobody's ever going to view as uh, TCU as a legitimate college football playoff team with one loss, and so I. I I think that's apples and oranges. Yes, there's historical precedent, but I think the precedent you're citing is different than what the situation is this year.
1: Here would be my case. Alabama, their two losses, have been on the final possession of each game. They lost to a guy that's going to be in New York, Hinton Hooker, Tennessee, and they lost to the toughest home venue in all of college football, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. There is not a single venue that is more tougher to walk in at night than Death Valley, I don't care what you say. That is the toughest venue in college football. They lost both of those games on one play. Ohio State got embarrassed, and while well, it was a great team. Tennessee's a great team, too. The only reason we're not sitting here talking about them is because they lost their Heisman Trophy finalist quarterback. That's the only reason we're not talking about them. Now, LSU, they didn't have a good week against Texas A&M. Maybe that loss looks a little worse. That is still the toughest venue in all at college football, to step into and, and win at night. That's where I'm coming from.
4: Oh, I'm not delegitimizing what you're saying. I'm just, my thought is, is that, and look, we may be talking about nothing. TCU and USC may win, and if they do, everything's set. Yeah. Um, but if they don't, I mean, there's a scenario by which Alabama can get in there. But I don't think when the numbers come out, I don't think Alabama is going to be ahead of Ohio State.
6: All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush daily question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com.
2: This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut
6: above the rest. Let me continue down this trail for just one more. I mean, we're talking about all the things that can happen. No one's brought up one of a four-loss Purdue somehow upsets Michigan who's got a hangover from beating their arch rival on the doorstep of the college football playoff. No one considers that even a possibility. I understand why but we've seen crazier crazier things happen. Does Michigan losing to a four loss team have to fall all the way out? I would think so at that point. I mean, that's the other thing that I hear nobody talking about because I think it's the least likely
4: to happen. Well, but, I think there's 0% chance of that happening. But, yes, if Michigan loses to Purdue, it's going to well, throw a wrench into everything. I, the only reason I'd give it a 1% chance
6: is there is a major. there's got to be a major emotional hangover for Michigan who's not done what they did Saturday in 22 years or whatever, 2000. Yeah, well, I mean – these are these are 20, 19, 20, 21 year old young men. Why are you? I happening? hear what you're saying,
4: but I'm uh, I I think you're it's it's sometimes we look at these big games and we devalue the conference championship, and I think these championship games for this selection committee, um, you know, and I think the teams know that and the players know that. I, I don't I don't anticipate a hangover from Michigan. I, I uh, that would be to me the upset of the of the decade in uh, college football if that were to happen but you know crazy things happen i know
1: my question is why are you guys putting more emphasis on this weekend than you did if they had lost because it's on championship
6: week? weekend because it's championship weekend but week. i think the last thing you see too
1: okay so if TCU who was already in the the Big 12 championship regardless if they had beaten Iowa State or not they had lost to Iowa State but they had beaten Kansas State in the Big 12 championship at 12 and 1 would you have put them in because they won not only the regular season, but they also won the conference championship game? Would you have, would you have a Who different are you thought you
4: talking on that about? With TCU. They had lost to Irish No, State. because I, no, because it's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't, you know, um, TCU's won all their games, but I think TCU still is viewed as the least legitimate of the teams that are in that group. And so if TCU loses, they're out, period, end of story. And, you know, we can talk about if they lost to Iowa State. Well, they didn't. And so that's 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 why we are where we are. I mean, um, it's great to talk about what-ifs this weekend, but what-ifs for the season that's just been completed, I mean, that's just all they are is what-ifs. I mean, they're not even possibilities anymore.
1: Who's the better team between USC and TCU? Uh, TCU- USC. A USC. USC team that has lost already to Utah. Yeah. So you think a think, one a one loss USC team is still deserving of making the college football playoff? But a one loss TCU team is not. Well,
4: what 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 I think you have to try to do is get in the minds of the selection committee. I mean, we've watched this football playoff now for a few years, and I think we've seen some things. You know that you know we've seen some trends that. You know, we kind of feel like we have an idea about what the committee's thinking, and they tell us every week. We don't listen because we're we're too busy arguing about the rankings, but they tell us every week how much this, this coming Saturday is going to matter. Um, but, no, I, I mean, you know, if you're asking does USC beat TCU if they played right now, well, I think it would be a great game. Um, if USC wins their game and TCU loses theirs – um usc's and tcu's out if they both lose they're both out if they both win they're both in um so um i think you have to put greater importance on this weekend because even though not everybody's playing the teams that are playing i mean we're sitting here talking about all these scenarios um you know if those scenarios play out i mean it's it, it's uh, everything's going to be turned upside down
1: tennessee beat alabama on the field in Knoxville earlier this season, yet they find themselves seven compared to Bama at six, and is probably going to get that better whatever New Year's six tie in whatever it is. Why is that? Is it because Hendon Hooker's injured? Is that something that Tennessee fans have validation in being angry with as of last night, the fact that they are behind a team they beat head-to-head earlier this year?
4: Well, it's, is it entirely fair? No. But I think the same thing would happen to any team out there. I don't think they're getting picked on. Because, because it's of that. Bama? Or why? No, I, th- I think I think any team out there, if they'd lost their Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and they'd given up 63 at South Carolina, mm-hmm. I think that team's going to have a hard time getting in the playoff picture. Yes, I do. I, think, I don't think it's entirely because Hendon Hooker's out, but I think that's part of it, yes. It's- the fact that they gave up 63 is a big part of it, too. Now, as I said a little bit earlier, I think that's legitimized to a small extent by the fact that South Carolina's rolling right now. South Carolina may win their bowl game. They're going to go 9-4. and four. Shane Beamer's going to be in the same position Sam Pittman was at the end of last year. So, um, but I, 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 you know, yeah, if Hooker was was healthy, um, yeah, I, I, I think they'd probably be in the conversation a little bit more. See, Tennessee's
6: kind of like Chuck's academic record in college. He's he, there's a bunch of A's on here, and there's a bunch of bunch of high A's, you know, ninety eights and hundreds. But then, you know, there was this one day Chuck didn't show up for and for, study for the test, and he, he made a sixty eight. And it brought his average down to a B. Instead of having an A for the semester, Chuck got a B because he had that yeah. one test. And that's what's happened to Tennessee. They got a well, bunch that'd of Well, that would have been the first
4: and only B. <laughs> they got that, a bunch that'd of A's. That would have been a's. the first and only B. But hey, these, the world's run by C students,
6: Well, man. but I understand. But, but that's exactly what's happened to, to Tennessee is <laughs> they bombed one test at South Carolina and their average has been brought down to a B plus, And that's exactly where they're at right, right now. that
1: blonde co-ed in third period, man, <laughs> man, that got Chuck once again. Yep.
4: He didn't study for that one test, and now he's... Well, the point is, though, I mean, and it's a valid point, is that one day, that's how important every game is. You know, you think, I mean, look, if you're a Tennessee fan, I don't know that you had South Carolina circled, but you think, and if you win that ball game, everybody's like, well, you beat South Carolina, but you find out how important those games are when you lose one. Mm -hmm. You find out how important every ball game is when you lose one, and you have a awful day like they did i mean they had the worst day that their program could have i mean your worst case scenario um, you know played out in columbia that day and i do know for a lot of people that disqualified them i don't think tennessee and alabama i don't think either one have a case but i think tennessee if you look at the whole season the body of work i think they've got just as good a case as alabama I know one place where they're going to argue about this today, too, and that's V's Barbershop. (laughs) Every single one of them, and every single one of them, they're going to be talking about this today. And that's one of the reasons it might be fun to go this week. V's Barbershop is a full-service barbershop. Now, what does that mean? It means they do a lot more than just give you a great haircut. They believe a haircut should be a ritual. Back to a simpler day, when you had an old-fashioned hot leather machine and straight-edge razor shaves, and V's Barbershop has that, and they set a new standard, really, as they go beyond that. It's not just a haircut anymore. I mean, they, they do it all. Facial massage, straight razor shave. They'll trim your mustache and your beard. They'll shave your neck. Maybe we got—they'll uh, even shine your shoes at a lot of these locations. And they've got two in Northwest Arkansas. One's in Bentonville, one's in Rogers. In Bentonville, they're on Southwest Fourteenth Street. That's just west of Seventy-One Business. In Rogers, they're in the Pleasant Crossing, uh, Pleasant Crossings Shopping Center. If you're listening down around Hot Springs and you head into Little Rock, they're on Cantrell Road. And they're on Chennault Parkway. Or you can log on to vbarbershop.com.
1: Let's touch back into Razorback football, welcoming Eddie, who is in Clarksville. Eddie, you're on the morning rush, man.
7: Good morning, gentlemen. Been waiting a while. I hope you guys had a happy holiday with your families at Thanksgiving. And as we approach the year, what can we say about our football off-train? Certainly not the ride our fan base was looking for. But, you know, you when you look at the Ole Miss game, to me it was the most complete game we on both sides of the ball. We played all year. And then we go to Missouri, and then, you know, you get your quarterback mauled on the offensive line again. I mean, Liberty was probably the worst performance by our offensive line. But, I mean, you'd think it would have more to play for. So, you would describe this team, one word, as I said on Ruskin and Zach yesterday, uh, if they were a ride in the state fair, certainly a roller coaster. And so, we do get to extra practices this year. I don't know where we're going. Bowl is very important. Some kind of bowl. Uh I I hope we go to the Texas Bowl. That's, you know, I've heard rumors. Maybe we'll play Oklahoma. At least it's a marquee team uh, program. But I I just don't know about, uh, to me, the biggest problem and issue this whole year. It's a difference. Somebody went, and I said this yesterday. It was once written, there's a fine line between winning and losing. And we're on that side of losing. And to me, it's place-calling the difference between 10-2 and two this season and 6-6. Six and is six, place-calling either disagree or not in crucial situations of the game. I mean, and we don't get it right. I mean, if, I'm sorry. If you're on the two-yard line with a first down and you can't get in the end zone, there's something wrong. And so I don't know. I wish you'd iterate on this. You know, he's offensive coordinator. I don't know if Kendall Browse is going to be back or not. Uh, But I do believe he needs a little – if he's back, he needs a little fire lit in his rear end. Because to me, he cost us four games. And so you need to agree or disagree. But, I mean, it's play calling again. Go back. We were there to win them. And then we don't get the call right. Uh, Thank you for taking my call. No whistle blowing this year. Uh, Maybe maybe we could end the year with at least a win – if we lose this game, I don't care who we play. Uh, it didn't behove our season. What optimism will we have for next year?
1: It's a good question. Eddie, here, here, I'll say on something that you just said. If I'm Hunter check, I'm calling Greg Sankey, emailing Herb Benson, Chuck Dunlap, Craig Pinkerton, Mark Womack. I'm mailing everyone at the SEC office. I know Bowlesby's not the Big Twelve commissioner anymore. I am somehow, some way petitioning every way possible that we play Oklahoma. Because you can sell to the fans, even this season did not go according to plan, you can sell the fans, you know what? We can end our season by beating the Sooners. A lot of you don't like Oklahoma. You haven't played them in a while. You can sell that postseason. I don't care if it's Houston, I don't care if it's in Memphis, which isn't Premier Bowl, it's not. But you can sell this fan base, this team, on the idea that you can beat the Oklahoma Sooners. You absolutely can do that.
4: Have you
1: tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zow's the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. In the SEC, you got Georgia and LSU in Atlanta. Big Twelve, you've got TCU and K State in Dallas. Pac Twelve, you've got USC and Utah rematch from a great game earlier this season. Big Ten, Michigan against Purdue. Guys, I don't want to be honest. I don't even know who the ACC. ACC is relevant right now. Clemson, uh, Clemson and plays who? North Carolina. The North Carolina. North Carolina could yeah. not care less about that championship game because it's not going to factor. It's meaningless. The yeah. college football playoff at all. So what's going to be the best game this weekend?
4: I got a hunch Kansas State's going to give TCU a battle. I got a hunch there. I mean, it may be completely wrong, but if you're asking which one I think will be the best game, I think it'll be Kansas State and TCU.
6: I'm looking at the Bet Saracen app right now. USC's favored by three, TCU's favored by two and a half. Those are the narrowest betting lines. If you want to start there with the conversation, uh, You know, the the odds makers would agree with you, Chuck, that it's one of the best games based on
4: the narrowest favorite in the betting lines. Just, you know, watching from the outside, it's hard to see Utah beating USC twice this year, although mm-hmm. USC, or pardon me, Utah's one of the teams out there that really does try to play physical football. Um, You know, USC's put it together here at the end. Um, I think USC's pretty good. Now they may fall on their face, I don't know. But it's hard to you know, it's hard to see Utah beating them twice. But, you know, Kansas State plays a really physical style of football. They've had some good games this year. They've had some games where they've get, you know, laid an egg, but I sort of think that game may end up being okay. Now watch it, TCU will win fifty to nothing. But it's, if I had yeah. to pick one, that'd be it. Caleb yeah.
1: Williams won the Heisman Trophy if they win Friday night?
4: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's uh, man, you know, it's it's hard for a Razorback fan to have a lot of sympathy for Oklahoma, but man, Lincoln Riley did them dirty. I mean, he did them dirty. He took his Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. He took half the half the class. I mean, half the staff. And um, you know, I I, I do kind of feel for Brent Venables and particularly the Sooner fans because uh, Lincoln Riley did them dirty. But given all that. He's got a really good team out there, and they're gelling at the right time. I, I watched him play the other night, and I was pretty impressed. Admittedly, you know, it's late in the day, and you're know you thinking it's not as good as it is by the time you get to the Pac-12 game, but I think they're pretty good.
1: So if they lose on Friday night, who would you give the Heisman Trophy to at that point? Shroud just got crushed by Michigan. Williams would have lost twice to Utah. I guess we'll have to see what Max Duggan and, and TCU. I, I'm probably out of the... Uh, out of the norm here. I'd still give it to Hendon Hooker. I, I I think he was magnificent this year. I know that Ryan was just talking about this being a ball show. I'm not by any means a Tennessee fan, but I actually think Hendon
4: Hooker deserves the Heisman Trophy this year. I think he was the biggest difference maker as we've seen, you know, um, many times this year. I think he was arguably the biggest difference maker in our league. Um, but I, you know, the thing that I don't like about the Heisman now is it's like if your team loses, well, you're out. Well, that doesn't mean you're not the best player in the country. It just means your team lost. I mean, you can't out of one side of your mouth say it's the ultimate team game and then out of the other side of your mouth say, well, he lost, you know, as 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 in the quarterbacks, you know, like the starting pitcher. Um, You know, there's just a lot more to it than that. But based on what we've seen so far, I think if USC wins on Friday night, that, yeah, I think Caleb Williams probably wins the Heisman. Just playing on Friday night hurt him. In that regard, yeah, absolutely. High school games, people I doing don't stuff think so. on Friday night. I don't think so. I think the people that I, go I, I, I don't pay think. attention. So. Well, I, I mean, look. First off, I don't think high school football is going to be a real challenge in 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 terms of TV viewers. Um, and if you you know, but if you do follow that premise, I mean, there there aren't many high school yeah. teams playing right now. And I mean, it's not like you know, it's only most five of, in, games most, in Arkansas, yeah, night. yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think you're talking about very many people. Um, Look, everybody's going to be watching that game on uh, Friday night. I guarantee you all the voters are. So I don't don't really think it matters um, whether or not he plays on Friday night or Saturday night because, as you just said, Ty, whether it's right or wrong, if they win, he's even more legitimized as the Heisman favorite now. If they lose, you know, everybody's going to say he lost. So um, I think think he'll have plenty of eyeballs on him Friday night.
1: Fisher thinks that Max Flesher – should get the Heisman Trophy because he was a difference maker every time he punted the football. Okay. You know, that's a, that's a thought, right. Fisher. That's a thought. Let's talk to Joel who's in Fort Smith. Joel, welcome in.
5: Yeah, I was going to mention you were talking about the best bowls. I think TCU and, and K-State is going to probably be the best one. thing with TCU is they've had so many close wins. So I think that'll be a pivotal game. My question when I called in, though, you know, we were talking about why the season ended 6-6 you know, six six versus what we had last year. I think it started before the season. Uh, you know, Pittman used to have a stance that if somebody entered the portal, they stay in the portal. I think bringing back uh, our court. You know, I, I just want to bring Sorry, Hornsby. yeah,
4: Hornsby. Hornsby. I,
5: he. It affected the progression of the quarterbacks. It affected the progression of the wide receivers. It's kind of like if you're in a relationship and somebody wants to break up with you and you talk them into you sweet-talk them, you bring them a meal, they stay with you. A lot of times that relationship's doomed already. What kind and of? I meal- really think that's
1: the case. What kind of meal do you think Malik got when they sat down and had that discussion, Joel?
5: I think he got steak and lobster.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think Joel understands we'll- that if you're going to turn a man, you know, you bring him a good meal. That's the first step. Well, no,
5: the stake is the quarterback and lobster is the wide receiver. We are going to get you on the field. And they did, but it just wasn't in it. And it, I really think that the whole season start, uh, started downhill before we ever had our opening game.
1: I, I don't know, because uh, Joel, we appreciate your call. I don't know. I know Sam ta- touched on this week by week for the first couple weeks, but... I don't n- remember how much time Malik was spending in the wide receiver room compared to quarterback. I think he was spending a good chunk of it still in the quarterback room, but occasionally would run plays with the wide receivers. I wasn't there, but I think that's the case.
4: Well, I you know, first off, I I mean, it's 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 you know, having a hard and fast rule about the transfer portal I mean, a lot of hard and fast rules are going by the wayside in a lot of areas based on how college football's changed. I mean, we we still, frankly, don't talk enough about the NIL's role in this transfer portal. But my point is, is it's 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 hard to have those you know hard and fast rules about you know what you're you know what you're going to do in that regard. So I hear what he's saying. I, I don't know that. Um, I certainly think for fans, what about Malik Hornsby? has been a question all year long. I think one of the things you've got to remember, too, is, I mean, a player's got to buy in. Um, if Malik Hornsby didn't think that he was still a quarterback, he wouldn't be in the transfer portal. You know, and you'd probably see someone that had bought in a little more totally to be in a wide receiver. He believes he's a quarterback, and he, and he, and he probably still is. Um, and that's what he wants to do. He wants to be the quarterback, he- and – if he thought of himself as anything but that, I, I don't think he'd be in the portal. He's a quarterback. He's just not an SEC quarterback.
1: There's a big Maybe difference. So. There's a Maybe different so. level Maybe so. of competition and a different level of hierarchy that you have to have to play in this well, league. And
4: absolutely. absolutely. I, I, I mean, that goes without saying. I, I mean, you know, yes, there's a much higher grade, much higher curve in the SEC than there would be somewhere else. But my point is, is that he believes he's a quarterback. And he wants to play quarterback. Wouldn't be surprising to me at all if he doesn't end up over there in Jonesboro. Um, I think that uh, I think Hornsby thinks of himself as a quarterback, and I think there's going to be a place where he can go and be the quarterback.
6: Yeah, it and how that unfolds. I think I think Kendall Briles, while you know everybody's upset about play calling and the goal line stand that didn't go Arkansas's way last week, I think he's done a pretty good job over this past season, the past couple of seasons, of trying to, you know, shoehorn the offense and the play calling and everything to fit KJ's strengths. Because, as you said earlier, never, you know, it's not it's not a secret. His intermediate passing game still isn't to the level that would allow him to um, to really take this team to the next level. And I think Chuck Kendall's had to do a good job of trying to make this offense work around what KJ's good at.
4: Well, I think the coordinators always get uh... – You know, I won't say they get too much credit, but I know they get too much blame. And um, just, you know, my my, my personal feeling on all this has been that, and look, Sam Pittman would tell you the same thing. And I think any head coach worth his salt would tell you the same thing that, you know, the buck stops with a head coach. And um, a lot of times we throw these coordinators under the bus. And sometimes I think that's unfair. I think Kendall has done a really good job. At maximizing what KJ can do well, mm-hmm. and minimizing what he does poorly, um, you can't. Um, you said you know, it better game, than what I was trying to say. Uh, well, I, I mean, I I, th- I think I think they've done a good job in that area. Now, mm-hmm. you know, hey, I'm not play caller guy. Um, you know, I'm like any other, I'm like anybody else watching a football game, whether I'm watching on TV or I'm calling the game or whatever. I mean, sometimes in my mind, I you know, I'm, I'm thinking, what are they thinking? Um, you know everybody, everybody. That's generally after the plays that don't work, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, I'm not going to get into what's a good play call, what's not a good play call. I've, you know, really? we all have our thoughts on that. But I do think your point's well made. I think he's maximized what KJ does well and minimized what he doesn't. KJ is a,
6: um, he's a great running quarterback. He, he's he's really a running back that takes the snap and can throw it some. And he, he's he's got good touch at times with the deep ball. And some of the extended handoffs and shorter passes behind the line of scrimmage, receiver screens, but um, they've had to work through some of those things.
4: Well, you know, Sam Sam Pittman, and uh, you know, he said it on a pregame show, and I, I remember it specifically. You know, we were recording the pregame show. He said every game we go into it asking ourselves, "How much do we have to run KJ to win?" And so that tells you right there that that is the area where everybody feels like he can win you the game you know and a lot of times yes it is something that's called but a lot of times you know I think about some of the plays he's made the BYU play which turned into a pass but he's just got the ability to make something out of nothing when he runs the football but I think you know again as coach Pittman said I mean every game you know you have to how much do we have to run KJ to win and that tells you right there that that's what makes him a difference maker.
1: I think Arkansas fans in the red zone, to your point, Tommy, when they see 76th on year in the red zone in their percentage compared to college football, they feel like they should be much higher with what they thought was a much more consistent offensive line. That's what Neil brings up as he Texas us in. He feels like at times the offensive line got blown up. Now, you're playing SEC caliber defensive and linebackers, so sometimes it's just going to happen. But I just look at what how they were able to maul Ole Miss and then the following week got blown up in really the second half against Missouri. And really it was a lot of KJ plays that you just referenced. That doesn't make sense sometimes to me, how they can look so dominant in one game and just assert their will. And then the following game, you get punked. Well, I just, well,
4: <laughs> I, 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 would, I would, you know, you'd... You'd have to get the computer out to do this. But um my sense was Arkansas was not as good a short yardage team this year as maybe they were last year. Um You brought up Dominique
1: that, with that too. I remember you talking about that last week. That was a key part of last year.
4: Um, you know, I, I think when you you know, when you look at um this year's team versus last year's team, and again, you'd have to break the computer out to see, you know, How'd they do on third and two? How'd they do on first and goal from the four? How'd they do on first and goal from the two? You'd have to really break the numbers down, but my sense is if you did that, you'd probably find that the short yardage numbers were not as good this year as they were last year.
6: Sometimes I'm trying to explain why I shot 49 on the front and 37 on the back in the same day. So, I mean, oh, you trying, to fig-
4: 37.
6: <laughs> 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 trying to figure <laughs> out why... Well, you know, if you only play six holes, it's a little easier. But, you know, some, you know, we've all had those. You just have them. I mean, trying to explain why you didn't look the same as last week is, I mean, that, that's just sports. I mean, sometimes that's going to happen, and sometimes the matchups take away a strength of yours.
1: But gosh darn exactly it, right. Tommy, yeah. why are you putting logic into this when We want perfection from every that's single right. one of our guys.
6: Just be perfect day one and improve from there.
1: That's all you want. All right, Sterling is in center Ridge. Sterling, go ahead, man. You're on the morning rush.
0: Oh, thanks guys. Uh and let me be pretty clear on this. I want both coordinators to stay. I I want the whole staff to stay intact. Uh, I think Rouse is a great coordinator and Odom as well. And like I've said a million times about about Kendall is that he he just he had that one scratchy head call. And I know everybody makes bad calls but I'm talking about scratch-your-head calls where, where your 9 year is saying why they do that, Dad. That's, that's the ones I'm talking about. And and everybody say, well, if it would have worked, you would have thought it was great. No, I wouldn't have. You make some calls like you bet the mortgage on Red in Vegas, and you hit. That's not a good decision. Even though it worked out for you, it's still not a good decision. So, I mean, that's the only thing I got to describe. Again, let me be clear, I want him to say it. I think it'd be a grave mistake that uh, that if anybody was to let Rouse go, or and it'd be it'd be I'd be terribly disappointed if he left on his own and went somewhere else unless he was going to I mean a real good job. I, I'm not talking about one of those lower power fives that is a graveyard for coaches. I mean I I, I like him to get a good chance at a, at a at a job that he could succeed in. Uh, and like Tommy was saying about about he brought the logic to what Ty was saying. And that's very true what Tommy said and I totally agree. But I see what Ty's saying. It wasn't like they were running it wasn't like we were running the ball that day. We was mauling them. It wasn't like the it wasn't like the South Carolina game against Tennessee. Where you know everything was just popping and red. It was looking like he was to be the number one pick and should get him the Hoffman trophy. And he played pretty good most of that game against South Carolina too. I mean against Clemson too what I'm saying, it was like, it was a magical night, that night was. And I didn't think what Arkansas did against Ole Miss was magical. I thought it was something that we could have been seeing more often than what we saw. it. Am I wrong on that, Chuck and uh,
7: Tommy?
4: No, I don't think you're wrong. I think the Missouri game, as opposed to the Ole Miss game, you know, the the turning point was short yardage. And that's the reason that I go back to what I said about short yardage a minute ago. They're You know, there are some games that you're going to have to win in short yardage uh, situations, not all of them. I don't know how many short yardage situations they had against Ole Miss. Um, You know, they ran wild in the first half, and it was over by by halftime. But I just thought in the Missouri game, obviously on first and goal at the two, in a situation that turned out to be the difference-making part of the game, they were not good in short yardage there, and that's why I say I, I, I really think if you went back and crunched the numbers, I, I think, I could be wrong, but uh, I suspect you'd find maybe that some of the short yardage situations weren't as good this year. Guys, the calendar's going to flip tomorrow to December 1, and it is going to be Christmas shopping season. Now, online shopping, more and more is becoming the thing, and Black Friday set a record For online sales, that has a lot of economists hopeful for a strong holiday shopping season. But is that going to get the economy back on track? You can check out the latest episode of the Mock One Market Moment podcast. This is where local financial experts weigh in. You can go to mock one fgcom That's M-A-C-H, mock the number one, dot com, and you can find out more. Mach1 Financial Group, LLC, is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Bentonville, Arkansas. For full disclosures, visit mock one com slash disclosures.
1: you guys surprised at all by the rankings last night, or is that pretty sed- Exactly
4: what I thought they'd yeah.
1: be. I mean, I mean, I'm I.
6: The only case you could make, and we haven't really discussed this angle because there's more interesting ones, is should there be any case for Michigan to be at one and Georgia at two? I don't think you can really I make that. I think there is. Com- You've been on the Michigan train for a while. I think that's a conversation that you know most people haven't had because it's not as interesting. They're both in regardless, but is one and two uh, in
1: the right order? The committee... Remembers what happened when these two teams met last year. I know that shouldn't hold any weight or any bearing this year, but they You're absolutely right. remember what happened in the semifinal. Right. Michigan got walloped.
2: This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line podcast network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry